Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. In episode one, we brought you a wide variety of topics addressing some of the issues we believe we are facing in regards to Australian football. Tonight, we hope to bring some possible solutions the discussion is again open to your input. If you are watching this on Facebook or YouTube, please get involved with the conversation. But first, let me introduce to the people that will do the talking tonight. We've got Yossip in Geelong, uh, Maury down the Gold Coast, Vinny over in Tuscany with his birds in the background. Uh, we've got Swartzi over in London and Paolo is joining us. Paul Ocon is joining us from Belgium. Paolo, how are you going? Well, thanks, Johnny. How are you, boys? Yeah, well, I think they're all good. Hello, uh, everyone. <laughs> Paolo, Paolo, just tell me, are they still eating uh, fritters, fries with mayonnaise in Belgium? Absolutely. It's still the number one thing to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from going to the football and drinking beer. Vinny, what are you smiling about? <laughs> uh, can you see that that's I've been eating I too love, many fritters? Love, <laughs> uh, 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 that's why I love coming to Belgium, mate. Uh, You're always food. welcome. Well, always yeah, welcome. Healthy food is- <laughs> the fritters or the beer, Vinny, you like? It's so good for my body, Paul. Mate, I'll tell you what, the, the beer helps just wash it down. It helps you wash it down. Uh, you, know, anyway. you, you know, we're good at doing that. It's uh, Yeah, I know you're good at doing that, Vinny, but it, it's good no, to no, have I you said, all on. We, 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 we. We were good at doing it, Vinny. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it's good to have you all we on. Paolo, to, for you to join us. And, and I'll start off, Paolo, with your first question. Uh, this is more discussion to have, but uh, if you could take one thing from Belgium, where you are at the moment, and implement it in Australia, what would it be? Oh, geez, uh, that's a very easy one. Um, I'd have to say uh, the way uh, they have restructured their uh, youth development. Um, and I think that's evident in the, in the results that they've had uh, at uh, international level with their national team and the amount of uh, Belgian players that are playing uh, not only in top leagues, but in some of uh, uh, the most important or, or big clubs uh, going around. Something that uh, uh, I'm sure you would all agree with um, the situation where we were probably blessed with that uh, um, 10 or 15 years ago. Yeah, there's one thing that uh, we touched on uh, three weeks ago when we had this discussion, a little bit about our youth development, um, a little bit about our talent ID, what we can improve on and and maybe how we can improve. We probably won't touch on it tonight because we've, we've narrowed it down a little bit. It's certainly a discussion that I know that you're part of this starting 11 now that you'll be having with them and with the FFA and hopefully we can start to produce the players that... Um, that can play at the highest level again. But uh, we'll, we'll move on to, to Swartzy. Uh, I can see he's sitting there quietly thinking about uh, what question I might be asking him. But uh, if you're in charge of Australian football tomorrow morning, Swartzy, what would be the issue you'd tackle head on and get resolved? I, my, my stance on it all doesn't change. Um, from you know three, four weeks ago when we had this discussion about the governance of the game, the restructuring from top to bottom, 
you know, transition from federated structure to a unified structure. I think that's vitally important uh, for us to have any opportunity to have, make serious inroads in, in redeveloping, relining our, from top to bottom, whether it's to do with um, a, a curriculum, uh, enforcing it, um, to making the game more affordable all the way through from, from bottom up. Because at the moment, uh, like we touched on last time, we fund the game from bottom up. We don't do it the other way. It should be the other way around. We should be encouraging more kids to play rather than charging them a fortune to play. Um, I think the, the, big, the big argument or the big question that sort of arose from uh, the last discussion as well was, was with regards to the various state federations, having 10, you know, having 10 CEOs, 10 different boards. I mean, we need to streamline. We're in a time even more so now. It's so important to start to streamline, save money, redirect money to vital areas rather than paying more bodies. We need to have a unified structure under one umbrella. It's uh, it's interesting because I know that, that quite a few of the, the, the sports that have already changed, well, we know AFL, who is probably the most successful code and sport in our country in terms of the, the way that they do things, the generated money that they have from the game, uh, the, the way that they, they uh, bring the crowds in, and they're under one umbrella. But also in recent times, and I know they haven't got the, the participation numbers that we have, but Basketball Australia are doing it, Tennis Australia, um, that they're all doing the same thing. Now, I know um, that it might be enforced anyway through the government that, uh, you know, via Sport Australia, that they're going to introduce a one management policy uh, by 2030. That's their plan. So if that's going to be their plan, the government's plan to do so, why wouldn't we do it now? I, I think that we have to do it now. We have to streamline it now because you mentioned about 10 CEOs um, and, uh, you know, I still think there has to be a, a state-based operation and, and an advisory board in each state because each state has different uh, difficulties or, uh, you know, you have to have that local knowledge because it's different in Victoria than it is in, in Queensland or whatever else. But that, that, that's what I believe. And I think now's the best time to do it. Now, Maury, you, you might have a bit more about this. What, what's your thoughts on this? Oh, well, there, I mean, you've touched on a very good point there, John, that, you know, it's government policy uh, via Sports Australia that there is a one management structure in place by 2030. Now, it makes a lot of sense that um, we look to, to get on that page ASAP um, because there will be teething problems. So by getting set up early, uh, look, it'll allow us to work through uh, any problems uh, within that system and to be up and running well before 2030. The, the, the noise out there at the moment, John, in regards to uh, administration costs uh, throughout the game uh, are too loud for there not to be uh, an issue with that particular situation. So we've got to find a way, as Schwartzy touched on, to, to be able to streamline uh, a far better uh, business model that can then flow down and those reduction in costs can be passed on to, to the clubs and, and the participants who Without the clubs and participants, we don't have a game. So, look, this is really important, I think, for the future of the game to continue to grow at the speed that we are um, and be in a better position where we can allow players to be able to play the game rather than, at the moment, a lot of the time we're hearing is we're getting players that can afford to play. 
Yeah. So, Josip, you, you, you've been uh, a grassroots football down in Melbourne. Do you think that this could work if we if we go to the one government uh, system? Or do you think that, uh, so the one unified structure, or do you think that the way it's working now is, is best suited for us? I think everything can work as long as you put enough work and you get it, into it and get it right. You know, you have to, you can't just slap it together and, and think it's going to work. I mean, some of these states like New South Wales and Victoria, these states are like small European countries in terms of how big they are and how many people they have. So, you know, and you want to take away a board from them. You know, it might be right, might be the right thing to do, but you still have to leave them with plenty of cover because they need to be run properly. Otherwise, um, things will fall down. So, look, I'm all for it. I think it can work, but um, they have to be really careful. And, and, you know, as much as we want to get this happening straight away, yes, start, start the process, but you have to do a huge analysis and, and make sure you get things right. Otherwise, you could be taking steps backwards again. Yeah, with with uh, Paolo, you you mentioned about the uh, what they're doing well in in Belgium and their youth setup and youth structure. Everyone's on the same page. Is there is there a unified structure in place in Belgium, or is it a little bit similar to ours? No, no. Look, I think it's uh, it's totally different, and 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 a lot probably has to do with the fact of uh, the size of the country. So. You know, from, from where I am, for example, to the other side, it's, it's two, two and a half hours. So uh, it's a lot easier uh, to manage it uh, as opposed to Australia, as you know, geographically, how big, uh, how big the country is. But I think the, the, the example of Belgium goes back to, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the, the Euros, the 2000 Euros, uh, where Belgium performed uh, very, very poorly. Um, and they're actually, as a nation, as a football nation, they were, they were embarrassed with uh, not, not so much the results, but the way they performed, the way, the way they played. Um, so uh, they got together, um, all the professional clubs, uh, uh, together with school programs, and, and they came up with one unified vision. Um, and that was uh, not to develop uh, the teams, but to develop the players individually. So become a, a player-centred development model where um, the focus was purely on uh, developing the kids. So, you know, the four core skills, a bit like we've got in the curriculum, but then the difference as opposed to Australia here in Belgium is it's, it's followed, it's continued um, on the weekend when, when kids play. So when you go and watch an under eights, under nines, under tens, under elevens team, the kids, when you see them playing, they have no instructions. They, they are playing very, very freely. Um, so, uh, coaches at, at, a, at a younger level have been educated that it's not about them. It's not about uh, the result. It's not about how good they are as a coach, but everything will be judged on how good the players become and, and how good uh, or how many players um, come through. So it's very, very much a, a system based on developing the individual players so that when they come to a higher level, they can do pretty much everything. And then obviously players will, will, will fall into the positions accordingly that, uh, that they feel most comfortable with. So it is unified. So they're all on the same page, which is important. So we're talking about the, the governance uh, and, uh, and everyone uh, being unified and, uh, and uniting virtually the game. First of all, for football reasons in, in terms of uh, developing players. But second of all, which now is the most important, is uh, the financial reasons. Uh, because, you know, we know that we're going to get hit hard with this uh, uh, coronavirus, with this setback that we've had. 
Um, and so this is where you're talking about streamlining, uh, Maury. Now, I, I don't want to always jump onto different uh, codes because we, we've got our own code, which is the, the number one in the world. Um, mm. But, you know, NRL uh, recently, uh, I think they cut $50 million in their administration costs. Now, they're not necessarily cutting in terms of their product, in terms of football. They're mm-hmm. cutting administration costs. So what, what we're saying is that we could probably streamline it with this governance. Now, I don't know, Vinny, what it's like in Italy, but Italy's a bit of a larger country than, than Belgium. You know, do they have similar difficulties or, or not over there? Vinny, we can't hear you. We can hear you. Birds, though. You can't hear me? Yeah, now no, we I can. can. Hear you now. Yeah. Can't hear me? Yeah, now yeah. we can. You can hear me now? Yeah. I'll tell the birds to be quiet. <laughs> um, because of the volumes of money. Italian football is, is, is very wealthy and, and uh, the federation receives a lot of money off the government for the running of, of football in, in, in the country. Um, so, yes, it is a centralised system. Um, uh, the the Italian clubs, I wouldn't say, uh, read off the same hymn sheet. Every sort of club does what they think is right. And the Italian system, we all know, uh, is that of winning uh, at all costs. The, their structure and their setup, even in junior football, for as much as they like to pretend to say it, is, is geared around the result. Um, and that inbreeds in their culture uh, uh, a winning mentality. Vinny, yeah, um, you're, when you come, you're, they know you're cutting in and out for now. Um, I don't know. I can still hear the birds. Though. <laughs> well, it must be the connection. I don't know what it is. Let me, let me try and do something. <laughs> I can't do much about the birds, John. Yeah. How's that sound now? Is yeah, that better. 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 Is it better? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can hear you well. I yeah. Can hear you. Unfortunately, I can hear you very well. <laughs> I was hoping not to hear you so good, but uh, really. can you hear me better now? Yeah, yeah. No, we can hear you. We can hear you. You can finish okay. your your story. Just be- yeah, but I, I, what bit? What what bit did you miss? <laughs> Now, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll carry on from that because this is, it's interesting. It's a centralised system because they get a lot of money from the government. Now, this, this could be another issue, Swartzy, uh, when you've got different sort of, you know, you've got that federated model that different people go onto the government. If it's centralised, it's a lot easier to go to the government, but also for sponsorship because you're all on the same page. Yeah, that's right. I, I think that's, you know, that's first and foremost the key. I mean, we're just getting another uh, uh, thing through from one of, our, one, of the, one of our listeners, one of our, our viewers here. Michael Carboni says, we need a better national governance structure before you start to assess and deploy change to development, leagues, fees, etc." And that's exactly right. That's, that's what we're talking about. You need to start from the overall structure of, of the, 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 the system in, that we have currently in place. Um, we know that it, it, I'm not, we're not saying, I'm not saying we, we, we get rid of states. No, not at all. We need, the, like you said earlier on, we need a presence. We don't want to do away with states. We want to have state championships. We want to have that identity still, that rivalry. That's, that is entwined in creating, like Paolo was saying, that winning mentality. 
I mean, I remember as a kid growing up playing state championships. You know, you're proud playing for your state. I'm not saying get rid of that. What I'm saying is I'm talking about the governance of the game being under one umbrella. Let's, you, let's have it so that when the national organisation comes up with an idea, there's a process which they undertake to, to have that idea uh, process and, and brought through to, to um, uh, held accountable for, whether or not it puts into, into place or not. Let's have that structure, but also let's try and let's make sure that we're all working towards the same goal. At the moment, it seems too disjointed and it's unable to actually employ or, or, or implement any of your type of uh, suggestions or new, new systems because of all the red tape that comes along the way. So we, like you said before, centralize it, have a presence, have people on the ground, but also allow the, the, the organization to implement their ideas. We, why do we have a one to 11 now, first 11? We have a first 11 because we have football people who know the game, who have been involved in the game and are giving their views forward and their, and, and their ideas forward. What's the point of it if they can't implement anything? What's the point if it gets blocked at every, at every uh, roadblock along the way? Mm. They need to be able to put things into place. Then you're held accountable for it. People can be then held accountable for whether they've done a good job or haven't done a good job. At the moment, there are, there are, too, many, there are too many roadblocks along the way for people to point fingers at other people to say, that's why my system wasn't put in place. That's why we're not able to implement this one. And I think we are continuously banging heads against each other. And I, I think just to follow up on that, uh, with that national uh, strategy, uh, Schwartzy, that you know, I've had a couple of conversations with, with people at member federations, and, and when it's a, a national uh, approach to uh, funding, uh, it's so much easier. Actually, though, the member feds are crying out for that. I think that would open a lot more doors to be able to tap into to money that can help build infrastructure. Uh, Scopes, we, we touched base and spoke about uh, the area of Geelong, I believe, and you said it was something like 100 footy fields and, and only 30 uh, football fields. Um, so, again, we could be doing more uh, with this one streamlined approach to be able to get better results for the game, in my opinion. And it's so important that we do come together because it's the only way that we can drag the game to where it needs to be. We're the largest participated sport in the country, um, yet we don't see, um, you know, whether that's how we lobby or, or, or that national um, strategy, we, we're not getting the benefits from the participants that we actually have in, in, in the game in this country. Yeah, uh, look, I, I agree. I think that's something that really has to be discussed, especially now in this period. Um, and um, and hopefully there will be a solution uh, shortly. But uh, the, the, the one of the ones that I've spoken about at length for a long time now, and, uh, and I brought it up again, uh, you know, recently, is... Um, we're talking about aligning the game and, and we're talking about unified uh, structure. We have to align our A-League, which is, is, our number, is the, the first division here, with the rest of football. Now, to do that, we, we have to go to a winter comp. Now, I, I believe it should be uh, starting around February uh, time. We can still have a mid-season break for international windows, uh, you know, whether it's Euros, whether it's uh, Olympic Games or whether it's World Cups. And then uh, you have your November finish with a, a grand final, FFA Cup final, W League final. Your November month, also with the ACL, is your big one, is, 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 the, is the biggest one. Now, that will be clear of everything. Now, 
uh, what, what I'm talking about clear that we, we, we're going to be the center of all sport really because you, you've got everything going on now that way there we align ourselves with Asia and and all the NP, NPL and grassroots so I think it has to happen the discussion now is for me is uh, do we expand it straight away Skokes do, what, what do you think you know is is 12 teams enough can we expand it to 16 uh, uh, very quickly and how do we do that well, yeah, sure. That's what we've been discussing uh, a lot, a lot recently. I think everybody knows that the, the especially the young kids don't get enough opportunities. Players in general don't get enough opportunities in the A League. So, for me, it's a must to expand, you know, the competition now. How that happens, how quickly, I think has to be straight away, and you know, some sort of plan has to be put into place to to get that league to sixteen, I believe. Um, we've got nothing to, to wait for, especially with this crisis that's happening, you know, now it's, it's a good time to, to start the changes immediately, immediately what we can do and put some further steps in place where hopefully you can have that, that 16 or whatever in, in a couple of years or, or whenever it's right. So I think, um, I think that's a must. I think the aligning of the leagues is, is great. Uh, it ticks a lot of the boxes. Um, it gets us playing in the better months in terms of weather. Um, and I think there's no issues. I mean, a lot of people have spoken over the years, oh, we can't play because of AFL, we don't have the stadiums, but I think all those things can be worked through, and there's a lot of good football stadiums, um, I know in Victoria, but certainly around the country, um, for all this to happen. Carla, you, you coached in the A-League, uh, and at that time, I think there was only 10 teams. What did you feel in terms of uh, how how easy or hard was it for players and i'm talking about youth team players to come through when really there was only nine teams in australia so very few numbers yeah look that's um you know it's been a bit of an issue for you know i think since the a-league started um and and you know i think that comes back down again to um pathways for for younger players and that's certainly an area um that needs to be to be looked at it needs to be addressed uh because the way it currently stands uh, it's either you're good enough um, with, uh, with the few opportunities that are there um, or you just sink away, fall away and, and um, lose that motivation to, uh, to, be, to become a professional player. But I think um, the quicker that it happens, that uh, MPL aligns with the A-League, um, the better it is because nowhere in the world, and I know that Australia is unique um, for so many reasons, but in terms of football, uh, there's nowhere in the world where your second tier uh, competition is played at a different time to your uh, premier uh, division. And I think that's just, I've never understood it. Um, I get the fact of, um, you know, we don't have ground availability, we'll be competing against the other sports, but so that's like us admitting that we're inferior to everybody else. Exactly. Um, and we've seen that when games have gone to regional areas or being played in smaller stadiums, they actually um, are, are better to watch. Um, no. the, 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 the games are played with a, with a full crowd, um, albeit I know it's a smaller venue, but um, I think many people will, will, will agree that it's, it's actually um, created more atmosphere. <coughs> um, and the other thing too is, <clears throat> and I... Uh, I heard an interview with Massimo Macaroni um, a couple of weeks ago, and he spoke about his year, uh, his year experience playing in, in the A-League. And the thing uh, that he spoke most about, and which is something that I've, I've always thought, um, is the fact that uh, nowhere else in the world, or, or uh, 
should I say nowhere else, but I don't think there's too many places where football is played during summer, during the hottest months of the year. And, and that really has an effect on um, the quality of the football. Um, it affects uh, the ability of your visa players that aren't used to playing mm-hmm. in those conditions. So, um, <clears throat> and we all agree that that's why FFA or whoever runs the game uh, allows uh, five foreign players to bring more quality to our game. But in actual fact, a lot of, um, and, I, and I know from my experience at the Mariners, the two Dutch players, um, you know, they really, really struggle to play in that heat. So I think that's another big factor that we uh, can't ignore if we do go to, to that um, format that, that, John, that you spoke about and that Josip um, uh, agrees with. Um, I, I think that the quicker that we can do that, um, the better for the game. The thing and is, let me, Jay, yeah. let me just jump in there quickly. Um, and off the back of what Paolo said, limited opportunity, so few teams in the league. Uh, that's interesting because, you know, we look at the last 10 years or so, there's been a nine, on average, about nine Australian teams with five foreigners, which equates to 81 Australian players getting competitive matches or minutes in matches each round. You compare that to 25 years ago when there were 14 NSL teams. 11 starters, three subs. On average, there were two foreign players at best per team. I mean, that's 168 places available to Australian players. So how is it 25 years ago, we had fewer numbers, but more opportunities for young players to get a game at the very, very highest level? It's, it's, it's ridiculous. We've gone backwards. Yeah, uh, look, I, I agree, and and I think that the we, you know Paolo spoke about um, you know the the quality in terms of when you're playing the heat. Now we should make decisions on football first, the product. Uh, ha, ha, what does how does that look? Now the product can't be good in the summer because it's in, sometimes impossible to play in Adelaide in forty degree heat, and you have two drinks breaks in a half. It, it's actually dangerous as well. So that, that, that's another thing. But um, I'll, I'll go to you, Vinny, on, on the expansion with four teams. I believe it shouldn't be uh, new franchises. I, I believe it can be uh, teams that come back into the league that have existed for six, 60 or 70 years. What are your thoughts mm-hmm. on that? As long as they have the, the financial capability to sustain, John, even, even at a at a, let's say, a reduced level and that they have, you know, a stadium that is, like Paul mentioned before, maybe not as big as the, 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 um, the stadiums in each city, which are a little bit bigger, that they have all of the facilities that they, that would hope to see it being a big problem. Uh, some of these MPL clubs' budgets are pretty high. So with maybe some added money from or uh, broadcaster or via the federation, I think it can be sustainable. Do, do you think that they should have to pay for a license? Um, because I know that some teams that in the A-League have uh, paid for a license, uh, mm-hmm. first of all, when it first started, five, six million, then it's gone up to 12, 13. And then there's talks about being at 19 million. Now, if you're a club that's 60, 70 years old, I don't think they should have to pay for a license. I think that there's a, there's a playoff if they got the criteria to get up there, Maury. That um, you know, what what do you think? Should they have a playoff in terms of four teams to get promoted that have got the criteria to get in and not have to pay a, a license and help them to get into the league? 
It's a good, it's a good question, John. Uh, sorry, I cut off there a little bit earlier, so hopefully I didn't miss too much there. But um, look, in terms of the expansion, we all agree that we'd like to see it happen uh, ASAP. Um, I, I look, I don't understand the license fee and how it, it varies so much. Um, you know, from reports, the, the last two in, in MacArthur and Western United, 13 million, 19 million. Um, you know, like for, for a new team to come in, for example, because the broadcast is, is, is very, very important as well in terms of what money uh, the clubs receive. Um, if you then still have to pay a licence fee, if that is the decided path for new teams coming in, um, you know, the, they'll, be, they'll be thinking that because they're not getting that amount of money from, from broadcast, uh, that it, it's going to be a difficult challenge for them. But surely you can just then reduce the licence fee so that there's a, there's a saving. We've got to be, we've got to be creative uh, and we have to find a way that we can introduce new teams to the competition starting next season. With, without doing that, without making some changes around about new teams, new rules and regu regulations around salary cap, um, what have we used this time where we should be brainstorming, we should be finding better solutions to take our game forward, to connect more so with the broader football community and give us something, give us something that, that is exciting and we all want to be a part of. Um, at the moment, I'm going to be brutally honest, watching five A-League games over a weekend, um, it's been a long time since I've done that, John. Yeah. Look, uh, we'll get into the broadcasting stuff a, a little bit later in, in terms Connie, of... Can I just, can I just uh, jump yeah. in there? Could you imagine what, let's say, MacArthur, who have had to pay $13 million yeah. as a licensing fee, so before we've even talked about football, they've spent $13 million. Could you imagine if they could invest that $13 million, they themselves, within their club, within the community, what that could do for the actual football product? I so agree with you. Where, why $13 million? Where does the $13 million go? How does MacArthur as a football club, how does MacArthur as a region, as a community, how do they benefit from spending that $13 million? I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I really don't know. And the, and the problem is moving forward, when you say talking about MPL teams joining the A-League, whether it's a promotion thing, however it is, how are they able to join without having to pay a fee when you talk about MacArthur having played 13 million, you talk about Western United having paid possibly, what is it, 17 million? How is that justified? Do they get their money refunded to them? You know, there, there, there has to be a system in place eventually whereby you don't pay a fee to join. You don't need a license to join. Yes, there is criteria you need to meet. Yeah. And you want to call it a license, call it a license. Absolutely. But there's not a fee involved. Or maybe there's a fee that goes down as a bond, as a bond in terms of being able to pay people money, pay their players yeah. their money, infrastructure, paying for the development of the club and so on. That, that's vitally important. Um, I've got also a few, a, few, uh, well, a few comments here from people watching the show saying, Sam, uh, actually, I'll go Gus first. We feel we fear aligning our league with other codes when it should be the other codes fearing us. Yes. Marcel says young and developing talent needs more exposure and opportunities. The comp needs to expand. And Sam has a question, which is uh, a question to you, JA, when you mentioned earlier on about changing the league from January, you know, a calendar year. How long would the midwinter break be? Well, that, that can be uh, varied. Um, it, it depends on, uh, first of all, what international games are on in that period. Because, uh, you know, if, if there is a, a World Cup on, do we really want to be playing through a World Cup? 
no, so you know, no, I don't think so. Yeah, so you know, I think that in Europe that happens anyway. Ja, yeah. they finish earlier when World Cup years are on and things like yeah. that. So they adjust it, and we can. That's yeah. what they do in. That's what they do in Japan in Korea. There's a minimum exactly. time, isn't there? There's a minimum they, they, time they that stop. has to be given off. Yeah, they have to yeah. give off a minimum time by FIFA. So for me, you have to align. You have to respect FIFA dates. You, yep. you can't like the A League currently does. It is they they continue to play. So if yep. you've got players out of your team, you know it, it, I think it's a it's a revolving door. Mm-hmm. People want to see their best players playing in their A League clubs. If they don't play it, fewer people will tune in. It's less interesting. Mm. Teams suffer mm. from it. it. It's ridiculous that they actually continue to play games when some of their players are actually away playing for national teams. It's ridiculous. So with the criteria, now the criteria, I'm not going to sit here all night and talk about what the criteria should be or shouldn't be. But <laughs> if we speak about someone, uh, and, and I talk about my time in Spain with uh, when I was playing there, Abar were in the third division and they've got a, a stadium of about five 6,000 people, um, a city of 50,000 people, and they work their way, up in, their way up into La Liga and now actually doing really well. And, uh, and they've connected well with Asia because they bought a, a Japanese player and whatever else. So why is it okay for La Liga? And I'm sure, Skokes, in Belgium, you've got stadiums there about five or 6,000. Why can't we do that here? Why can't an NPL side slash ex-NSL side come into the league with the stadium that they've got? Oh, J.A., that, this, is, this is what we're crying out for. Can you imagine, you know, a team that's, that's got a small stadium, 3,000 people here, here in Australia, working their way, way up, you know, getting promoted to the A-League and then expanding their stadium, exactly like all these clubs in Europe. You mentioned Belgium. I mean, the club I was at, Genk, they started with a stadium, you know, with a couple thousand. And as they got promoted, as they went up, they expanded. Uh, you still play in these countries and some stadiums only hold six, seven, eight thousand. I mean, mm. what's wrong with that? It, it adds diversity to the league. It it um, it makes it more difficult to play away from home when you go to some yep. places where they're full to mm-hmm. the rafters, eight thousand people there. They can touch you. They can you know, they can call your name out. They can tell you whatever whatever they want in your ear. Vinny, you've been <laughs> abused they... a few times. <laughs> <laughs> they can Just break it. I, mi- I missed that, John. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? Sorry. <laughs> I said you've been abused a few times at the stadiums. Oh yeah, plenty, plenty. <laughs> plenty. And, and good not stimulus, only, John. Not the away supporters, are huh? the uh, the home supporters. Nah, well, well. The, the, the best was my own supporters. <laughs> my best. They, they know Telling me where the airport was to fly back to uh, back in Australia. <laughs> Showing me the directions, John. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry, we all copped it from our own supporters. Yeah. And, and I'm, mate, I'm, I'm like those, I'm like those John in your backyard that seem to go away. So, yeah, with the with the second division now, now I I, I think that to, eventually there has to be a second tier. I think it's virtually in place in terms of that's what NPL one is for. But it's at the moment it's only in states. But uh, I, I think that uh, we should have a second tier probably in North and South um, and, and then eventually promotion relegation. Paolo, do you think this could work in Australia or what, what are the difficulties of, of creating a second tier? Look, I think the difficulties creating it is uh, the mullah, the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, financially, is it viable and, and is it sustainable? And I think a lot has to do with uh, TV broadcasting uh, money that, that comes in. Um, it's... It, it, that is the only way 
really you're going to be able to uh, to create it because let's say the the new tv deal uh, or broadcasting uh, uh, deal is renegotiated it's less money so it it then filters down and makes it it makes it even harder and i'll tell you why it makes it harder because now you have a minimum wage uh, in in the a league but if uh, the tv money is less so then that means that player payments will drop at the end of the day, you've got to feed your family. So how can you be professional in the national second division on a wage of forty thousand dollars? Do we have, Paul? You this, know, it's the, the way the way it is. Um, and, and I'm, you know, by no means I'm not having a go at the PFA. Yeah. He who was in, instrumental in in bringing uh, um, into play a minimum wage, um, because at the end that that's how life works. Eh? You need to feed your family. So. Um, and it's not only about being a professional footballer, you, you need to provide. So if we don't have enough money within the game, how, how are we going to make or continue to have a professional A-League or First Division or Premier League and then introduce a professional second tier? I, 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 I just struggle to see how that is uh, viable, sustainable and, and successful. Just just with that, Paolo, and, and you make a good point there, and I'll, I'll go to Vinny because uh, does it have to be professional at the start? Can it be semi-professional? Well, what are they doing in, in Serie C in Italy, Vinny? Look, um, not to go on about the, the, the mechanism here in Italy because the, the finances are totally different, but I can't see why in Australia for a short a short-term period why we can't take a sideward step and maybe look at a, a semi-professional league. The players can still train every night like they are now training every day. And maybe during the day, they have a part-time job that's all organised by the club or potentially by the PFA where they can cover a little bit of the gap in this loss of money in the, in the, in the status being from professional to semi-professional. And, and this way, you will make football a little bit more sustainable for the clubs. You have the big four in Australia that financially can pay, but we need the other clubs to be financially stable and sustainable more than stable. So unless we drop the cost of, of running the football club, we are always going to bang our heads against the wall about not being able to find the money. Um, so it's, it's something worth uh, looking at and and it wouldn't be embarrassing for us in a difficult moment to take a sideward step and maybe revisit the status of the player being semi-professional and not professional. Look, I think in the age Paul Ocon, when, when he was in Marquette, was, was, was the status of a semi-professional, but he was still sold to Club, uh, to club Rouge. Mark Schwarzer was a semi-professional player. Uh, so we, we, we shouldn't be scared by this status. Yeah, I, I think in the A League that we we should still be able to support having professional league, and maybe in the second tier being semi professional, and then clubs can pay what they can afford, and then and that that way there, if they do get promoted, there's more television money or more financial gains through sponsorship and whatever else. But we're, we're trying to talk about a, a product that we can actually sell. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. To television. Now, what better than promotion relegation to sell when there's, you know, if you've got two teams go down, two teams go up. You know, last one goes down, top of the second tier goes up, and then maybe there's a playoff between the second last and the second top. Now, that, that creates uh, already straight away a, a better product than what, what we do have now. Now, with that, we, we go on to, you're saying about being sustainable. I think Maury's just dropped out, but salary caps. Now, Maury's, are you back? Yeah, so yeah, salary yeah. caps, Maury. If clubs don't have to have a salary cap, how, how do you think it will work? Now, do you think it's worthwhile visiting that now especially now during this time, you know, allow the big clubs to build their own ambitions and the other clubs that, that, that they can actually, yeah, there should be a minimum wage, Paolo, but, uh, you know, it, it doesn't mean that, uh, that you know, there has to be a salary cap that you need to pay a certain amount. I'll, I'll, I'll let you answer that one, Craig. Craig? Are you there? Him? Yeah, you're a bit frozen hear me? and you're cutting out. I can hear you now, but yeah. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, keep talking and we'll see if we can hear you. Well, all right, mate. In terms of this, anything about this season. But in terms of next season, um, look, the salary cap... Um, for, has served has served its purpose for, for the 15 years uh, look we you know it's meant to be a leveler um, but clearly clearly it isn't because we we've seen the, the same four or five teams uh, that have dominated over that period of time some clubs can afford pay 300 500 a million, a million and a half so the, the salary cap is not level like it was meant to be. So I believe that we need to look at that immediately. And for next season, uh, there, there should be changes to the, the rules and regulations and the, the salary cap. The difficulty there is that there will be player contracts that are there for next season. So when we're talking about a reset in Australian football, on that the clubs and through broadcast um, that they'll look to try and re reset the salaries but PFA are very important here in terms of the contracts that are in place with the players um, the, the clubs need to honour those, those contracts but moving forward we definitely can make changes to the salary cap the bigger clubs, the medium clubs the smaller clubs should be able to find their level, they all have budgets that they, they should understand Stand and will not spend, John. I don't see um, why there should be any more restrictions. Um, you know, the, lo the loan system, the transfer system, the these need to be introduced. This is a perfect time for next season. That is, for me, the, the easiest thing that we can bring to the table and that um, decisions can be made immediately on for next season. Yeah, I, so I think, Jay, Jay I, I think uh, Anthony, by the way, agrees get rid of the salary cap. Um, I think uh, it's important that if we do get rid of the salary cap, that we have some sort of financial fair play model in place so that you don't have a rich owner deciding to go, right, I'm going to spend 100 million, whatever, just an example, say 20 million, 50 million 
uh, on their squad as opposed to maybe a Central Coast Mariner who, who, who can only spend six or, you know, six or seven million. I think that's the danger. Um, the gap will only get bigger. I think it's important to expand the league um, to have that more of a competition because at the moment, like you said, there are two, three, four teams that dominate at the moment time and time again. Schwartz, is that not a is that not how it works over in Europe? It does financial fair play, yes. So I, I'm, yes, I'm, not I'm, only, I'm, I'm but for... there is a gap between you know I'll mm. use the reference of Italy between Juventus and Empoli, mate. Yes. It's it's like the day and the night difference. The budgets are totally off the scale, but Empoli still gets the chance to go to Torino, and the game starts zero zero. Hmm. Yeah, but it and doesn't they have a chance to beat. Doesn't normally end zero zero. It normally ends because uh, <laughs> I'm not playing anymore. Zero and the rest but, winning. But you know what? We we ro- we. Oh, when Vinny was playing. Times. No, mate, no. I tell you, there was a few on the the, the massage table with the ice on different parts of the body. But the point being, Schwartzy, that Melbourne Victory or or, or Sydney FC, that the, the strong Melbourne City, these stronger clubs, if they want to break away and spend more money, and they can sustain that cost. Why are we stopping them? Let's allow them to do that. And if Central Coast or whoever is is in uh, or, or Adelaide or whoever they are that are in a bit of financial difficulty, they will restructure their club and they will have a, a football budget and they'll spend the football budget. But it's not to say that they can't beat Melbourne Victory because that game will start 0-0. So yeah, what, the what happens, you know, that's the, the beauty of football. What, what the happens only danger then? is, sorry, the only danger is that the gap gets so great, like in Italy where Juve win the league seven years in a row, like in Germany where Bayern Munich win the league seven years in a row. That's what we is want to try. Is that a danger, Schwartz? I think so. I is think we want danger? to try. I think we want to try and avoid that one team dominance. I'm not. I'm all for having three, four teams. That's okay. But one there team won't to be, actually run over. There won't be a one yeah. team dominance. So there, there's uh, four or five clubs in Australia that they do things well, and they would be able to compete. If you do have a financial fair play in there, now uh, that what you generate into your club through sponsorship, through television money, through transfers is what you can actually go spend, something like that. Now, the lower clubs, and Paolo, you, you're working at Mariners, so you know quite well the salary cap isn't an equaliser <laughs> at all. Um, <laughs> but we, we, when you talk about uh, having transfers and, and loan systems, that might be... I mean, how, long, how long we got? How long we got? <laughs> Five minutes or... <laughs> but, but then a club like the Mariners will then actually go, you know what, we can't compete financially with these, uh, these big four or five clubs, we want to call it. But what we can do, we can actually have a way of uh, generating money for our club by producing young players, selling them, whether it's within Australia or overseas, and generating money that way. At least they know what they stand for. Now, you, you're at uh, the Mariners. What did you feel the salary cap? Was it a hindrance or was it good or equaliser or not? No, definitely not an equaliser. Um, you know, there are clubs who uh, use creative accounting to pay more. And obviously, <laughs> and, and obviously um, it's within the rules, but uh, push it to the boundaries to, to spend more. And then you have clubs who use creative accounting to uh, try and actually spend less, less than, than what they are supposed to, to, to spend. But I think the danger there is, is you have to define, um, yeah, before you kick a ball, you have to define yourself as a club. W- what do we want to do? What do we want to exist for? Because you have a responsibility to, uh, to your members, to your fans, to your community. So there's nothing wrong with being a team 
or a club who financially doesn't have um, the money that uh, um, bigger clubs in bigger cities have, but then you need to make that public. You need to make that clear. We're a team that wants to be in the A-League. We're a team that wants uh, to give something back to our community. Unfortunately, we can't get the big sponsors. Um, we don't have uh, the means that other clubs have, but we want to give the opportunity to young players uh, to play here and then hopefully sell them on. And that way our club continues um, you know, to exist. But the, the danger is, is if, you don't, if you don't define that and you don't make that public, well, then the expectations are that uh, you shouldn't be losing 15 games a season or, or only winning four or five games a season. So uh, in, in every uh, competition around the world, and you know, Vinny said it perfectly when he used the example of Juventus and, and Empoli, it does exist. I don't see why it shouldn't exist in Australia um, because football is a completely different uh, sport uh, around the world than what it is to NRL, AFL and, and rugby union. And I think... Uh, because uh, it's always looked at that we're one of those sports in Australia that we have to um, sort of, you know, be seen as like the other sports where it's equal, where everyone has to have the same uh, opportunity uh, to, to, to win. Um, and, and that's uh, why all of those other sports uh, have a salary cap. Yeah, I uh, look up. I got another go. question. Sorry, well, a question for one of the, the viewers. Uh, this is Craig, not not Maury Craig, but Craig asking Vinny, how does dominance help development? I missed that. Sorry, Shorty. I'm not getting good uh, connection here in the, under the Tuscans. Done. <laughs> you have to repeat uh, that for me, mate. Yeah, Craig. Craig has a question for you. How does dominance help development? Because the smaller teams. Will have more uh, will give more opportunities to younger players coming through, and those younger players will or be sold to Europe or they'll be uh, bought by the bigger uh, Australian clubs. Uh, the dominance is just part of the nature of the sport. Vinny, uh, Pippo and Zaghi. Thank you, Sophia. Where, where, where did Pippo and Zaghi start? Pippo uh, in. Uh, start a small, uh, small uh, team, which which now is in the in the third division, um, and then he went to Atalanta, and then to Juventus, and then to Milan. So yeah, he went through a through a, a different steps in Italian football before he got into a big club. So there's your answer, Swartzy, for Craig, and not Craig Moore. Craig, the, yeah. the, the, the guy. No, but I, 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 I see, I see Craig's it. point. But, but the, dominance, <laughs> the dominance in football is, is, is part of the nature of the game. Manchester United, for how long was commanding English football? Juventus in Italy, Bayern, Real Madrid, Barcelona. It's, I, I did as a problem, personally. Yeah. I agree. Um, I agree, Vinny. Can I just sorry, say that it just sorry. adds to the game, you know, when a, when a team um, comes out of the woodwork and just wins a title and, and never gets close again, or if some team yeah. dominates, why not, coach? Yeah. Or if some team dominates and then someone takes them off and the celebrations yeah. are all that all that yeah. much more. It's like when we qualified, JA. We hadn't yeah. qualified for thirty two years, but what a celebration! So yeah. It, yeah. it's a part of the game, like Vinny said. Yeah, so you you actually had that Stokes that you you played in a dominant team uh, with Hajduk and with Genk, and then you also played with you know with teams that were not going to win the championship, but you had different goals and and you know with Wigan uh, and everyone knew that Wigan not going to win the championship, 
but what Wigan can do is actually, you know, fight for survival or even get in the top half exactly. or whatever else. Again, so, there's always something you fight for and, and playing to stay, stay in the premiership. Um, you know, the day we stayed up, um, I think it was uh, again, against um, Sunderland at that time. That was like winning, you know, uh, the league and, and the couple put together. You know, you've saved your contract. The fans, are, everyone's happy. I mean, it, it was celebrations all around. More I've, got another, I've, got another, I'm yeah. sorry, I've got another comment here. Damien uh, Pagnant, we are struggling to maintain one league with, with the A-League. Low membership numbers, low attendance figures, minimal commercial interest. How could we financially manage a second division? Yeah, well, I, I think that, uh, look, they're all good points. I think that with having a second division, which is virtually in place now, now I'm not saying that we have to have a national whole second division. I'm saying like split it up into two. It be regional. It could yeah. be regional. It could be I mean, regional. Brazil does it, for example. Yeah, that's right. And and that way there, again, it doesn't need to be uh, fully professional. It can be semi-professional, which it already is. Now, you know, I know some NPL clubs in Melbourne that their their budget is 800000 uh in, in players. Now, is is that a massive difference from what the, the A-League is at the moment anyway? And when when these, uh, these sides come in, because they're community sides and they know they're going for something and there's there's aspiration to get promoted into the A-League, their local community starts to uh, put money in. There's there's local people backing them. There's people that, 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 that got a connection to them. At the moment, maybe a new club or a new franchise hasn't got the same connection. I think it can work. I think that uh, there should be... A, I'm not saying next season straight away should be promotion relegation, but I think that in, in a few years, there should we should start doing it. If you do, I think you've got to, there's got to be uh, something put in place. Someone like, uh, you know, Western United and MacArthur are exempt from relegation for a number of years because you can't expect them to pay that sort of money mm-hmm. and then potentially be relegated within the first year to two years. I think that's ridiculous. There's got to be some sort of uh, safety net for a team like, or two teams like those. Um, the other thing is, okay, we talk about a second division. Is, is it breaking it up like having an east-northeast division? New South Wales, Queensland, ACT, all in one sort of pot. Then you're having a south-southwest division in Victoria, South Australia, Tasmania. And then you've got a north-northwest in Northern Territory and Western Australia. That becomes regional. Mm -hmm. I mean, if it's that exact format, but it minimises travel. The costs then are are down, but you create this second-tier sort of environment, like we said earlier on, semi-professional. We're not talking about doing a professional league quite yet with the view in the future, maybe to lift it up. In Germany, for example, their third division is a regional competition that has that very much. The top two teams, depending on the region, depending on the numbers, participation, have various places that go into a playoff for eventual promotion into the second division. Why can't we create a similar structure for our second division? Scott, I'd like to hear your, your thoughts on that. Yeah, absolutely, Schwartzy. And, and like you said, it doesn't. There's you, you have to look at it and analyze it. You know, you might have uh, a certain, you know more teams in you know from Victoria, and New South Wales, as you do. You might not have any from Northern Territory. They might not be at the standard. You might have one from Western Australia, one from Tasmania. You might not have any. I think these are things that you want to have as many as you can from each region. But you know, if if it's not there, if the quality is not there, then um, you, you put the teams that are there. And then in terms of um, uh, playoffs and things, you know, which zone against which zone, again, you can, you can always look at um, a weighting system in terms of that. You might finish first in, in, you know, in one zone, but the other zones are, are much tougher. So there's a, there's a lot to think about um, when you put that together. But 
I'm sure that, um, you know, with a bit of a brainstorm, uh, something can be put together where not, not just it's a, it's a good semi-professional league, but um, the, the excitement of a playoff to get promoted um, would, would be huge. It would be the centerpiece of, of that sort of league. Because Michael, Michael has a fear. He says, like, do we need to ensure that A-League doesn't become majority teams from Victoria and New South Wales? I mean, the response to that is sheer numbers. Numbers in participation. You've got to, you've got to service those numbers, don't you? Paolo, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, that's a good, uh, a good point he made. Um, and at the moment, it's, the A-League is more or less sort of geographically. You've got uh, a team in Perth. You've got a team in Adelaide. But um, uh, it could just happen like that um, in the future if, if you went to that uh, system or, or that structure that you could have um, all teams Sydney-based and, and, and Melbourne-based, be it because they financially have, have um, uh, more power, more ability to attract revenue um, due to you know, external facts. Um, but how, how, do you, how do you avoid that? That's something that... Um, we yeah, spoke about it last time, Paolo. Why do we want just to get a ribbon for competing? Yeah, if if there's promotion relegation, the best go up, the worst go down. At the moment, for Mariners to finish bottom, it doesn't mean anything to to them, to anyone, to the players. So I don't think that's a good way in producing players either to then send them overseas. Yeah, I know. I know. Look, I don't. I don't disagree with you. I I I I, I can really um, sort of um, resonate to what you're saying, but then you have the risk that you have only on one side of the country uh, te- te- teams that are playing in a professional competition and, and half of the other side of the country are, uh, are not. And, and I'm, I'm not so sure that that's, that that's a good thing. Paolo, but, but in, I, the interest, in the interest of the game, we need the best players playing at the best clubs so that we can produce the best quality national team. And, and I think it has to end with that. We, in this country, we've put all these regulations on think. Just let them play. Whoever's the best will go up, like Johnny said. You know, we, we're overcomplicating things. So I, I think, um, you know, best, best v. Best, they're the models we're looking at for juniors. It should be like that for uh, the professional leagues and semi-professional leagues as well. So, Maury, I'll go on to the youth league. The youth league uh, and, and the, uh, the PFA came out recently and said that uh, most uh, players have said that the Y league is not good enough. What do you suggest in, in the future it, it, that that should be the case for, for the youth league and, and, and what the age limit should be? I think it needs to be a little bit higher than what it currently is, Johnny. And, and the reason why I, I think that is because we've all seen players that take a little bit longer to develop. Um, at the moment, the current situation is we know that they're not playing enough games in the NYL competition. And certainly some players are not being given enough time at their clubs because at 20 years of age, if you're not showing clear signs to be into the, the first, first team at your A-League club, you're released. Um, and and, and more, more times than not, you're sent out into to NPL. But if you had maybe that, you know, I know the under-23 league um, as, has been discussed um, where, you know, you've got a little bit longer with your players. Uh, and I think that... that Players do develop at this time. We need to get um, a higher level of games to our players on a more regular basis. So, games um, that we are actually 
or are you freezing up a little bit? You might, you, might have to, you might have to disconnect and then reconnect again. You're freezing up. And I can't hear the birds that Vinny's got in the background either. No, it looks like he's um he's he's, he's striking a pose. They, they, they do as they they, they do as they that's right. Be quiet. But J, J, you know, you know when you have this when when you have this power, John, even the birds listen, mate. <laughs> yeah. J, which which is interesting. We, we you know the 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 under twenty threes, whether you have a youth league or not. Yeah. Um, I think I think the youth league is potentially just another opportunity for these young players to play more games. Yeah. I think the current way that that the A League clubs have their under twenty ones teams playing in the MPL leagues is a good way forward. We see different models around the world. You you said in we, we talked about this briefly yesterday. Spain, for example, Barcelona B team or Real Madrid B team can play one division below yeah. the top flight. In Germany, it's two divisions. You can't play any closer than two divisions from your, your, your main team. So in Australia, we could do it one division. So once relegation and promotion comes, in, comes into place, if a team gets relegated out of the A-League, drops down, their second team has to drop down if they're in that next league. So there can be a one-league division of, of, of separation. I think playing in, the, in, a, in a proper competition, in a competitive competition is important. Yes, they play. They play their points. Uh, they play all, and at the end of the season, if their team, if their first team is in the next league above, they don't get promoted if they finish in a promotion position. I think it's all about development. It's all about giving opportunity for young players uh, to play good level of competition games, competitive games. And it's important the number of games, you know, at, at the moment. That if you do play NPL plus wide league, the number of games is good. But if it's just wide league, it's not enough. So that, that, that's something that was spoken about. Why can't you have competitions, additional competitions, like club teams, the A-League teams creating a competition of the season, the various states creating extra additional competitions at the end of the season for these under-23 teams to get together. I mean, Paolo, you see it in, in, in Belgium. It happens here in England. The young teams from each club play against each other all over the world, don't they? Yeah, and that's uh, that's made a lot easier by the fact that you know distance. you can get you, yeah distance. You can jump on a bus, and in two and a half hours, you're in Germany, you're in Holland, you're in. But France. we need to improvise. We need to improvise in Australia. Because yeah, absolutely. Not, no, no. I, I, yeah, no, no. You, you, your point and 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 what you're saying is 100 percent correct. But that's why I say that. Um, for so many reasons, Australia, as a footballing country, is very, very unique. Yeah. Look, we, um, you spoke earlier, Paolo, about the money and, and the broadcasting money. Um, Fox Sports have done an amazing job in, in supporting the game from the start. There has been a little bit of, you know, will the, uh, the next broadcasting deal or this current one, you know, will they renegotiate? Will the money drop? You know, very important for clubs to survive. But I think that, FFA can go their own way a little bit. Now, I'll explain what I mean. Have their own sort of... Uh, they're, they're responsible for the production because they'll save a lot of cost with the production. Uh, the, the quality won't be exactly the same as, as you know one of those traditional broadcasters. It'll be about 85%, but they're a quarter of the cost. Now, in doing so, FFA own their asset and then they can sell off certain games, marquee games, you know, uh, to another broadcaster or free-to-air or whoever they are, or streaming service. That way there they can own Socceroos, uh, Matildas, A-League, uh, if there's a second tier, W-League, NPL, all the way down to grassroots if they can show Kanga Cup uh, sort of uh, events. 
Now, this way here, I think that they, they own the game then in terms of they dictate when games can be played, the season the games can be played. Because we know that uh, sometimes it's hard. When a broadcaster's paid you a certain amount, you need to play at a certain time the broadcaster says. But if the FFA can take control, and this is going to happen, it's not that it's happening in other countries already. Um, the, the Premier League are already looking at doing this in terms of uh, really owning their own and then selling their their best assets. I think this way here, you actually, again, you're you're grabbing the whole football together, and uh, and you you're actually you're connecting the grassroots with with the the professional level because at the moment uh, twenty. I think it's less than 20% of grassroots follow the A-League. Now, if you're all in one sort of stream uh, FFA TV model, all of a sudden, everyone's going to go to that. Now, um, I know, Vinny, over in, in Italy, how many games a weekend do they show? At the moment, we show every single game of the A-League. So if FFA have got this streaming service, but they sell off their marquee games, they maybe can sell off two a weekend well, you know, or and, and a highlights package. What are your thoughts behind something like that yeah definitely uh over here you can't see every game uh you probably you probably got half of the games live um the other half of the games you can maybe see it on a on a different uh time but not live and then you have a, a very creative and 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 fun highlights package which which some people like to watch rather than the full games um uh, again, uh, comparisons between Italy and Australia are so difficult just because of the, the volume of, of money in Italy uh, compared to the volume of money in Australia. But in this uh, crisis, in these very difficult times, we have, to, we, have to be, we have to be creative and come up with new ideas because if we continue to do what we have been doing in the past, it's, uh, it's definitely not working, John. So unless we come up with new ideas, and, and we are creator in, in uh, uh, bringing something new to the game, which is also financially sustainable, then uh, we, we are, we are going to go uh, very strongly backwards. Stokes, okay. in the FFA. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, go. Yeah, sorry, I think you brought up a very, very valid point or important point in Australia that every single game is showed live. If yep. you compare that, like Vinny just said, half, probably half the games are showed live each week in Italy which is a, a massive league. Talk about the Premier League, which is you know, the, probably the most marketable league in the whole world. In the UK, you probably only see between four and six games live a weekend out of 10. Then you have a match of the day program. So that sort of, you know, we could reduce it in Australia. We have fewer games. Show only two games a week live to a broadcaster. Give them the exclusivity, plus give them an opportunity to create a match of the day kind of program to show it. And then afterwards, straight away after that show, the FFA can show on their own platform every single game in full if they want to. The, the accessibility is there for fans to watch it. But we want to encourage people also to go to games to watch them, not just watch them on TV. If they're in your state, if they're around the corner, go and watch it rather than actually watch it on TV. So, Scott, so with FFE, they already brought this in last season. They've got their own uh, platform. that they, they show their games on uh, Facebook and YouTube. Um, it, it only costs them eight hundred dollars to to actually produce, um, and that's with probably you know you're only getting one camera and uh, and a commentator. But I think this season they had over one hundred thirty thousand 
uh, people watching every week. So, you know, they're showing most of the games. How have you uh, found that? And, and what do people say about uh, the NPL down in Victoria? Yeah, I think it's been a great start for them. I mean, they, they, they've done every single NPL one game live and they did two games from NPL two live each week. They just choose a different one. Uh, feedback's been great. I mean, not everyone can go to see all the away games, for example. You get to watch them live, live streaming. You get to choose which game you want to watch. So it doesn't really matter whether they're all on at the same time or, or you can choose what you watch. And then there's highlights packages which are put together nicely. So um, I think in this day and age where streaming uh, is, is the norm, um, the technology is there, uh, I think it's the natural next step. And, and I think um, in Victoria, it's worked really well. So um, like you said, with, with maybe some advances in technology and probably a camera or two more to make the quality a little bit better, uh, I, I see a real future there. Yeah, it's something that that, that really interests me because, uh, look, I think we're, we're on this uh, discussion so far, we've talked about the governance in uniting that and 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 having a united structure. We spoke about the A-League uh, and uh, uniting the game in terms of uh, playing in a calendar year with the NPL, with Asia uh, football, um, down to grassroots. And now with this, if you get all football onto one platform that the FFA actually own and then sell off their best assets... I actually see it working really well. Now, um, it's something that I'm sure the FFA are looking at. It's something that hopefully they'll, they'll start to push through. Um, Paola, how's, how's the television broadcasting over in uh, in Belgium? And, and do you see every game live? Can you see it? No, um, not every game is live. Obviously, uh, the bigger teams, the, the underlegs, the, the bruises and standards, uh, where the, the most interest is. Um, those games are, are, are always live. Um, and I think it's a bit like it in, in most competitions uh, in Europe and around the world, the, 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 the big teams are always fighting to have a bigger slice of the pie from, from the TV money. Um, but, yeah, at the end, I, I think for us in Australia or for the game in Australia, it, it, it really needs to, to take ownership. Um, and not try and toe the line and, and I won't say copy, but follow other sports. It's unique. Our game is unique. It's unique in Australia. It needs to be looked at differently. Other ways um, need to be found uh, to attract that, that interest. Um, and if that's a step forward, um, which, um, you know, by listening to you guys and, and, and by reading about it uh, over the last uh, week or so, um, with this idea of FF, FFA owning owning the rights, um, I think it needs to be uh, looked at seriously. Swartzy, is there any uh, other questions that you got forward for any of the boys? Uh, more is gone. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think he's <laughs> it's working properly. Uh, just, just off the back of what he's Alan gone just to said redo there. the makeup. I think John, he, he was starting to swear a bit. I saw, I saw some. He he was. Uh, his makeup was starting to dribble down. So he's got <laughs> Heather, you, Heather, Heather to help him out. Uh, when you, like Paolo was just saying that, you know, we are a unique sport. We are very different. We, we can't continue to follow other codes. So my question is to all of the boys. We, are, we have the most participants by a long way than any other code in Australia. What are we doing wrong? What, what is, is there one thing we're doing wrong? Why, where are we losing these people? What, why are we not, why is the game itself not at the level like an AFL who have far fewer participants? Scopes. Scopes. <laughs> <laughs> 
two things, <laughs> and it's off the back of what we've been talking about. First of all, it's the money in the game. So I, I've mentioned it during the week. The government puts in so much more, more, more dollars into AFL and other sports. Um, you know, why don't they put it, put it in equally? You know, more participation, more dollars. I mean, we all know why, but um, in terms of that, money is a huge problem for us. Second problem is, which ties into the first one, is uh, you know, fo our football is not the number one sport in Australia, and it's not a footballing nation in terms of uh, infrastructure and all types of things. And we've got a lot of catch up to do. So, with those two things, governments, you know, very difficult to deal with. I mean, everybody's out of you guys here has dealt with. Um, a, a local council or government and tried to do something with your club to get some money or get some help. It's impossible. J.A., you mentioned it before. Joey Didlitzer did a study here in Geelong. There's 200,000 people in the cent central area of Geelong. And in that whole area, there's 140 fields, but there's not one soccer field, not one in that area. So if you start breaking things down and looking at it, we're not a, we're not a football country, but we're trying to change this and we're trying to even it up and unifying the game in whichever way you like, whether it's, uh, you know, with a federation and, and that type of thing to get on the same page, to get into the government's councils. Uh, it makes a lot of sense because at the moment we're way behind. And when you talk about small countries in Europe, they're proper footballing countries. Their resources go towards their facilities. They go towards developing players. Ours don't. So you can have more participation. You can have a lot more of these things we fall down in these other sides. What's so, so is it simple? Is it as simple as saying that the people in the government in government are not football people, so therefore they don't have a bigger interest in football. Therefore, codes like AFL receive more funding because they're generally AFL fans. Or, uh, do we need to ask questions of the government? Why why are we underfunded by comparison to AFL when our participations are through the roof? I think it's not not as as simple as that, but absolutely, let's ask the question. Let's ask the question. Show us show us the the, the facts. Why why are you know AFL stadiums being fifty million dollars being spent on AFL stadiums and and nothing on the game? That's that's just locally here in Geelong. Why? I ask the question. I get no answers. I mean, let's ask it Australia wide and see see what comes back. Yeah, well, look, uh, well, I think we might be getting a few answers in, in a couple of weeks' time there because I think James Johnson uh, will be coming on and we, we can uh, see what his plans are and his vision and uh, what he's got to say. And uh, and also, Yoss and, and uh, Paolo, I'm, I'm sure that uh, I think you've got a meeting with the, the first 11 coming up. And uh, again, that's uh, more discussion and hopefully come up with more solutions. But uh it, it's been, uh, again, I think very, uh, uh, what we've been speaking about, we're, we're trying to come up with solutions. I know that there's probably more out there and there's more questions out there, but uh, there's things that we can change immediately, that's for sure. But Paolo, I want to ask you one serious question. Uh, for a change. Nelson. <laughs> Nelson, the, the gear steward. Have you seen you him do. lately? <laughs> you think I'm stupid. <laughs> When was the last time? In the book? He didn't have that many teeth, though, Paul. You have to take some teeth out, mate. For the viewers out there, Nelson is. Uh, uh, had, our how many man? did he have? Did he have more than four teeth? Well, he had four, but three of them were going to fall out at any time. To he a golden. Was not eating apples. He, he, uh, he, to to a golden. The other two were going to fall out. Uh, for, for the and people the out there. 
he was our kit man kit in the nineties and uh, and early two thousands. But I, I remember Paolo traveling with him, and uh, and he would ask everyone for their the the mouthwash, and I thought, you know, that's to to help his breath or something. <laughs> he would drink it. <laughs> It was the only Thomas, only person I ever saw drink a bloody mouthwash. It was. Uh, don't, you remember, don't you remember when we always used to have the old national team training gear, and then Jim Tansy came into camp and said, "Nelson, that gear's from two years ago. You think I'm an idiot? I sold a new one." <laughs> Vinny, you spoke about smelled, his teeth, and it smelled of smoke, and it oh, smelled everything smelled of smoke. Wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you spoke about Bonus. his teeth. I think I heard he fixed them recently. That's what I heard. He did. Yeah, that's uh, that's Jeez, that would have been expensive. Jay, you there know, was what? some serious fixing needing to be done. <laughs> Jay, you know why the why he had uh, bad teeth? He, he used to love Coke. Like yeah. he could dr- he drank it all day. And I think we're <laughs> we're at the Confederation Cup uh, '97 in, in Riyadh, you know. And he remember those big big blue. Uh, are cases that he used to bring with gear and now I think he had about five or six of them and you know the boys would be lugging them in they'll be heavy and that um and then when we were packing up we were packing up um to go home and that and we see these cases they're still heavy we're going what's going on all the gear's gone out I mean how can these things be be heavy and just see he's filled them up with cokes free coke, <laughs> free coke in the hotel and he's filled all these things up with coke <laughs> What are you doing, Nelson? Uh, I remember when we used to sit there in the changing room before a game. It's a big game, and and, and there are a few nerves going around. And he used to walk past and go, "There's somebody shit. <laughs> Someone, <laughs> someone's scared." And you used to "Okay, there's a few nerves, but uh, it was a character. I, I wouldn't mind seeing where where he is and where he's ended up. But uh, we we all, we had a few characters involved, but." I just want to thank everyone again for, for joining. It, it was uh, it was great. It was a pleasure. Thanks, uh, Swartzy, or you thank the, the audience out there. I don't know if you want la- one last say, Swartzy, in uh, in thanking the audience, or if there's any more questions. Uh, no, I mean one of the things uh, when I asked that last question to Skokes uh, to the group about what do we need to fix the game, Maurizio said, but one word, fees. I mean we we've talked about that before. Yeah, that is a big problem. We know fees need to be addressed. It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, listen, thanks a lot for everyone listening, watching, um, putting, bringing, putting your, your questions forward. Hopefully we were able to answer as many as possible. Um, but, you know, we need to continue dialogue, discussion and find solutions to try and improve our game. Good. Thanks, boys. Here, here we'll to see that. you again. See you again soon. Thanks again. Have a, have a good day. See you, see you guys. See you. See you later, Look boys. after yourselves. Bye-bye. Bye.